The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's a Monday edition, Hale Varsity Radio Road Show here at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Halftime here between uh, our triple header. Southwest, a winner earlier. They just took down Omaha Central to move on to the semis. So excited for that uh, for the Lincoln area. Coming up at 6, Pius the 10th against Fremont. That'll get going at 6 over on KFOR. Myself and Hall of Fame coach Jeff Smith on the call. And then uh, Will Wilson tonight over on KFOR with Lincoln High. We'll have plenty of boys action tomorrow with Motsi, Connor Clark, uh, and then Coach Smith and I also have Pius and Bell West. So uh, we have an hour show, uh, an abbreviated Hale Varsity. We'll be at PBA tomorrow leading into the boys' 6 o'clock start. Numbers to get in, 466-3776. 466-3776-800-825-5865. So we've had to reconfigure a little bit. You understand? That's okay. It is tournament time. So we will have Coach Berta with us from Southwest in a bit, talking about the big win over Central. We will have Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride, it is a Monday with Charlie that is still standing. And we have a Hall of Fame basketball coach right now that even if they got beat by Missouri, he'd still go through the handshake line and shake hands, unlike uh, Duke or their assistants. We say hi to Coach uh, Jeff Smith. Coach, what a weekend of hoops. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, this is tournament time, and this is what it's all about. And just love this time of year conference tournaments and the college level and high school state championships here and it was just just a great time to to watch some fantastic basketball uh, we are getting uh emails in on suggestions to to who we should interview uh bert emails in chris at hailvarsity.com uh no is what i'm going to say we'll keep that email private <laughs> can uh, tweet at us at schmidt underscore radio chris schmidt at herbal essence for elijah herbal at uh, Coach J. Smith 14 uh, is uh, is where you find Coach Jeff Smith's Twitter. And I did have to grin and bear it, but I did shake Norm's hand every time we I went know. through the line. I mean, Even when Doug no. Smith and those guys had beat us, we'd still go shake hands. Come on, people. The handshake line is about sportsmanship. And it's kind of like the what, coin what, flip. What it's we're sacred. projecting to the young kids. Come on. It is uh, sacred. Let's, let's talk Nebraska basketball. Coach McBride coming up around. 5.30 or so. Again, Greg Smith later in the week. We'll do the full Monty with Greg, get get his recruiting insight uh, later on in the week. But how about Nebraska basketball? How about Verge? How about uh, a team that has folded a lot this year? Did the unthinkable 
and they were able to stand strong. Uh, you, you blinked in the second half, and there's about 48 fouls against Nebraska. One team foul to, to Wisconsin. The Fighting Brad Davidsons with all their flopping and whining. And I love Chucky. Don't get me wrong. Chucky's not part of that insinuation. But, man, Verge get teed, got teed up for, for looking wrong at a dude. After after there was almost blood uh, on a take to the rim, uh, you get uh, Trey ejected, which was garbage. Uh, you had no Bryce McGowan's because he was injured, and Nebraska did what they wanted and and closed out a twelve to two run when they were down nine after technicals, after ejections, after free throw disparity. I mean, go down the gamut. The team that has found some fight. Well, if you want to define perseverance, really for the whole season for Nebraska, they've definitely had their downs, and we've all had to sit and watch them, but they didn't quit, and they've just found a way to come together. And then, then of course, in this Wisconsin game, talk about perseverance. There there were some definite calls go against them. Um, I felt like the Trey McGowan should have been a flagrant one. I felt like watching it, he was trying to hold up a little bit and knew he'd, knew he'd left his feet at the wrong time. Not that he wasn't play aggressive, because Trey does play aggressive, but we need that physical physicality out of him. He, had, he, had a, he frustrated Davis in the first half, the, the way he was guarding, and they kind of got in Wisconsin's heads and had him, you know, with palms up, talking to the officials, which is exactly what you got to do to beat a team like that on their home floor. So I thought they did some great things. They have all of a sudden kind of just – and it, it, obviously it took a long time, but they have found, kind of found their roles. Lat Mann's become kind of a defensive stopper and rebounding well. much better. He could have, and he could have made the, I'll tell you what, Verge gave some guys some dimes that, and they, they could have. Wide open threes, Oh, bud. they could have made some more. And Lat had a couple in the corner. Um, Tamanaga had a couple. And if those fall, this that game wasn't even that close. No, they get, they get blown out, Coach. You're right on. But Nebraska and Wisconsin finished, I think, 5 of 15 from from three. Actually, Davidson finished 5 of 15. But Wisconsin only hit five threes. Nebraska only hit five threes. But Nebraska had wide open looks because of her. They did. And he, he played an unbelievable game. He has definitely come into his own playing point guard. It, it, it Like the team, it took a while. And they've had to do a lot of training in that area. Um, but he has he's found that balance of when he needs to score a little bit for us and, and he scored a lot in that game but mm-hmm. but he's he's keeping guys involved and he's what he's really doing is keeping the defense off balance they don't know whether to help on him or you know stay where he, and if they if they help he's kicking it now it, where earlier he, even when they helped he was forcing some things but now he's feeling the help and he's kicking it when he's supposed to and then if they don't help he's so darn quick He's making plays at the rim and getting getting to the foul line. So just, you know, really, really um, a nice job by him of learning. The, learning the, it's, it's too bad we didn't have him for three years, and he learned that his first year, and we get to see this for two years. And, uh, but but he's, he's playing fantastic. What, what flipped it? Were they just, did they finally, they mean the team, finally say our, our way ain't working and we're just sick of losing? Verge? Verge is a guy who first and foremost hates to lose, and he wants to be a reason they win, but I think he shelved the the personal reason to win. And listen, he's been a pinata all year. I've been a little less to to get on him, 
when it comes to the over dribbling and some stupid shots, he's about third or fourth on the on the list to me of of this year's team when it comes to just stupid decision making. I know folks can point to either some turnovers or forcing it or trying to get to the rim, but no one was moving or no one's hitting any shots. So he was going John Wayne for a reason, to, in my opinion, to, to try and go get the win. I, I don't think uh, I don't think he's the easiest guy to play with. But I don't think his motives have been a thousand percent get me to the league. Honestly, uh, Kobe was big with uh, a couple of timely threes. That was monstrous. Uh, Lat was is getting better. But uh, back to the the original question: Why now? Yeah, yeah. Because you look at it, you could say, you know, they could have got to be sick. Got, they should be NIT bubble. Well, he even he, that was his quote that he it makes him sick to that and for the fans and for nebraska that it just took this long to find it um and you can't explain really really some of the guys you'd think they'd almost would have gone more individual with the record they had coming in these last three or four games but instead they've kind of pulled together and and but i I, but i also think you know you get that win at penn state and and it just helps the helps the camaraderie (laughs) helps the aura and you figure out man if we play like that we're pretty good then you do it against Ohio State and and get a, another road win and now now I think they know what it takes to win on the road win a top, win a top ten game and and hopefully they can go in this tournament and just kind of keep this thing going. I know Northwestern is a tough matchup, but but they beat bad, us twice. It's been a bad matchup just with the stretch for them. Are we do? Aren't we do against them? I mean, you just look at the do, odds. Do against about everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, and and that's. Uh, that is true. but and, and you did that without Bryce McGowans. And you know what? It's not all bad that he had to sit and watch one and figure out that the team can do pretty well without him and watch the ball movement, watch the defensive intensity. Wiltshire's playing at a high level. I love watching him. he has him. all year. So um, technically, I mean, Walker, Walker's first half with 14. Yeah, we can't go without Mitch. It was nice. Yeah. It, he's, he's, been, he's been such a warrior. So you, you possibly could get – Wiltshire back. You could get Trey back. What's the sales pitch to 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 Bryce to, to really say, yeah. look, uh, I guess the example is Iowa and Wisconsin's combo guard that are now you know going to go fifth or seventh respectively overall versus being a second round guy. That's that's the. It's whether or not you believe the messaging. Yeah. And it- you know, it does depend on a little bit. I don't know the family situation. If, if they need the money, it's going to be a hard sell to keep him here. If you if you say, hey, you, you could be a lottery pick next year and, and you know, they're, they're okay and he can put in another year and the NIL pays off a little bit for him, um, can, 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 can NIL boost with him with the kind of year he's had if he comes back? And can you sell? That if you're, you know, I, I'm sure those guys crunch the numbers. If you're a lottery pick, how much more are you going to make as a lottery pick than if you are, if you're the 22nd pick in the draft or 26th pick in the draft? The thing that's beautiful about the NBA is the guaranteed moolah. Yep. But it's getting to that second contract versus going overseas and developing to a point where you're going to get that max deal. Yeah. By, by your second contract, your rookie deal. Is, is easier to swallow specifically if you're a if you even if you're a late first round guy you still got to make the team yeah I, I can't imagine Bryce coming back in my personal opinion I just don't think it'll happen although from guys like Piakowski and and Tyron Lou and watching those guys in their second year when they played here just night and day I can't imagine the kind of year he would have 
if he came back and played and, and Walker comes back and Trey comes back and Wilcher's back and and the, then the key would be to find a point guard that can can distribute and defend and you know do the things Verge is doing now <laughs> but do it you know day one and and you know now we're getting back to where they're getting more practice time and prep time in the summer and preseason and we've got to develop those kids and find this find roles and find this ability to play together at a much earlier stage we are gonna grab uh, winning coach tim berda with lincoln southwest is the silver hawks onto the semis coach jeff smith is gonna pop out here for a quick second and uh tim berda is in as southwest now 20 and 5 on the year 2-0 against Central this season. Coach Berta, my man, good to see you. Thank you, Chris. Uh, glad I could come over and talk after after a little strenuous couple hours. So uh, happy to be here. Uh, happy for our kids, honestly. Um, you know, we talk about going back to November, starting to grind and things like that. And we changed a few things, and it became a, a system. And it's it's one of those things where not a lot of people like to do it because it's hard. Um, but the reason the group I have, those 13 kids, stuck with it was they're reaping the benefits of that hard work right now. We were far from, from perfect in a lot of things we did, but I thought we played harder. I thought we defended better. I thought we played with more confidence. Um, there's not many categories that I don't think we were better than they were today, and Central's a really good basketball team. They didn't win 24 games on accident. No, and you'd seen him before. You had some incredible three-point shooting. Defensive intensity was high level in matchup one, but, but Coach Berta, you had to stress that again for the rematch just because of what Central statistics say. Yeah, they're, they're a, a tough match. If you go back and look at, at some of their films, but uh, we thought we did some things defensively to them that were going to make things hard. They're, they're a team where if they get ahead, that snowball just keeps rolling. Um, now you look at, at, the, at the second half and the fourth quarter and you consider everything that we did. And I'll, I'm going to be the first person to tell you I voted for the shot clock. Um, I voted for the shot clock, and I hope it gets implemented for, for kids in the future. But it's not in place right now, and I was perfectly fine with the point guard we have and our other ball handlers. We weren't very good from the free throw line, but we built a good enough lead that we can miss some free throws and still keep it a 10-plus point game. Um, so we'll, we'll take it, and, and we'll have practice tomorrow and see what happens. Coach Smith's going to jump on here with a question. Tim, I thought a couple things. I thought your game plan was right on. You took away the people you had to as far as shooting the ball. Um, I, you broke their press over the top early, and I think that kind of set the tone. You got some two-on-ones. And I think Kennedy Williams is is the contributor to that, just the way she has her head up all the time and handles the ball and just knew where the ball needed to go. Kennedy's one of those kids that, that makes me look a lot smarter than I am. She's a kid that, that understands the game, and, and today her role was to be able to score the ball more than, than she has, and she understands sometimes that needs to do it. She's okay. She's had games where she's went nine assists and scored six points and took two shots and was perfectly happy doing that because people key on her. But going back to today, I thought she controlled it with, with, with the pace that she played at. Uh, I thought she was the best kid on the floor. You know, there's other Division One kids out there doing things, but I thought she was the best kid on the floor. 
um, just with how savvy she is. And she understands. And, and Jeff, you know, uh, coaches, kids, and things like that. She just knows what needs to get done um, and, and does those things in order for us to be successful. Uh, going over the top was a situation where we thought the way they had done things uh, leading up to and on film was was pressure and four court, four kids in the front court, and then they put uh, you know the big in the back and say, you know, if you're going to run it at us, fine, we'll let her do that. And and we said we had to run it at the big, whether it was a two on one or whatever. And and luckily enough, we were able to get some scores. I thought Freddie being really aggressive early was key, uh, just in in the big scheme of things. Um, but but I think once we broke their pressure, and then uh, I don't know if you remember in the second in the first second quarter, uh, their go-to is kind of going to one-three-one and trapping in the corners. And we ran a couple sets where we got some really good 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 shots and layups. Yeah. Um, and and from that point on, I thought they kind of dropped their head. Uh, another backbreaker is when we went uh, back cut with Kennedy on a set that we run. They were trying to just pressure and overplay, overplay, and yep. uh, and we got that look again. But it's it's a credit to our kids and executing, you know, the stuff that we practice. Yeah, your one four set against the one three one when you went big to big, kind of a high low. Yep. That that was a that was a really good set, and so was the back door. And I thought your bigs just were they were under control and they weren't afraid to attack inside, but they. But they were playing off two feet, and but I also thought I thought on the defensive end, you know, holding them to thir- in the thirties, you boxed out terrific against them, and, and physically boxed out. Yeah, I, you know, that's as good. They're going to get some uh, some offensive rebounds, but I thought that's as, as solid as a rebounding effort as we have had. Uh, Webb and Wayne are so good at catch and shoot. Uh, Webb getting in foul trouble was key, but. Um, you know, a little bit that's her and a little bit that is us because we ran a set where we said we were going to rip through from the free throw line and see if we could draw one, and she did. That got her fourth foul. Um, you know, so it's, it's a credit to our kids actually kind of paying attention to what we talk about, yeah. and, you know, and, and then executing those things. Yeah, they did. Um, and you have this whole week, you know, you have a week to get ready for this first one. So that's my last question. I'll hand it back to Chris. What are your thoughts on Millard South? I know you haven't played them. We have not played them yet. Uh, they're, they're a group, you know, there's a reason they're 26 or 27 and 0. Uh, they're really good from the arc. They got multiple kids that shoot the ball extremely well. Their press has historically given people fits. Um, you know, it's going to be a, a battle of wills in the sense of, uh, you know, we got pretty good point guard and, and our other kids handle things pretty well. If we can handle their pressure and control the pace of the game, um, I really like our chances. I think we can guard well enough in the half court. You can't turn the ball over and you can't give them uh, clean three-point opportunities. Um, so if we can do that, if, if we turn the ball over and, and we let free shooters get clean looks, then, then we're going to be in trouble. So that's the thing. Uh, you know, I kind of complained about the schedule earlier this year when it came out of I'd rather play three straight days. Uh, I think Kennedy's a little tired, so I may be okay giving her an extra day off. <laughs> Coach Tim Berta with us, head coach Ligon Southwest. Southwest a winner, 54-38 over Omaha Central onto the semis as Southwest uh, going to be taking on unbeaten Millard South. Coach Berta, last thought, we'll let you get back with family and, and friends and the team. Uh, when you look at uh, this team and this group, you mentioned the grind and the mentality. Is this a group that immediately in or was there a point in the year where 
it, it all started clicking. Well, honestly, this you know this is our third game with all 13 kids available. We have not had that uh, until the district tournament. You know, we had so many injuries, so we played through some things, and we got kids sitting on the bench right now that played key roles for us during the year. So it's I mean it's credit to our kids of understanding what we need to be able to do in order to be successful. But um, we didn't change a lot. You know, I've done our defensive stuff uh, for the last five years. So what we did is we changed a little bit of the offensive stuff and ran a few different sets and things like that that uh, I, I think gives our kids a little bit of a, a sense of we can score by doing these things. And to their credit, uh, they executed them really well today. So uh, we'll see what Wednesday brings. True or false, you're going to share with the world your secret walleye recipe. Um, I'm going to go with false. I'm going to go with false. We're going to keep that one in-house for a little while, but uh, shore lunch is a good second. So if you're going to the store and get some shore lunch, that's pretty good batter for you. All right, I tried. I tried to get the old Tim, uh, Tim Berta, Coach Berta walleye recipe. Coach, best to you. Thanks so much for the time. Perfect, Chris. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. All right. Uh, Tim Berta with us from Lincoln Southwest. Coach Jeff Smith, Chris Schmidt. Hail Varsity, an abbreviated uh, version of Hail Varsity here at PBA. A quick timeout. Mr. Blackshirt is next. Charlie McBride with us on Hail Varsity. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Thanks for hanging out. Hail Varsity Radio, a, an abbreviated edition here at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Courtside, Chris Schmidt and the Hall of Fame coach, Jeff Smith. Long time with Lincoln Southeast and, of course, uh, Coach Knee and Nebraska. Excited to uh, welcome in uh, Mr. Blackshirt himself. Charlie McBride joins us. Coach, uh, we're a little bit later in the day, but thanks for hanging on with us. It's uh, tournament time. How are you? I'm going to bed about now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope the uh, the make believe green room had some uh, some coffee or tea for you. So thanks for waiting. You uh, yeah. you haven't been too hammered with snow, have you? No. Yeah, a little bit. Then we got some. We got okay. rain and snow. It's kind of that nice stuff. It turns it rain. It turns to ice. Yeah, perfect for a for a day after Thanksgiving showdown, I'm sure, but not necessarily to to navigate. Well, spring football is uh, is here, and I want to start with with the defense and coach. As you you looked at at replacing some key guys, I want to get your thought here with with this spring and this group. What level of the defense are you excited about? What level of the defense are you, I don't want to say worried about, but are you concerned with when it comes to replacing? You have to replace three out of four in the secondary, uh, and you got to replace a lot on the defensive line. And then JoJo Doman, he doesn't grow on trees either, that nickel spot. What do you think of the, the job ahead for Coach Chinan? <laughs> Well, I think that's one of the things the way you have to kind of sometimes you're when you don't have an experienced group coming back and you're trying to teach stuff, you got to your practices are probably going to be a little bit different. Um, the, the the problem with spring is is when you have a good group, you uh, should um, you know you should have a, you know a regular almost a regular practice type of thing. And I think the most important thing, you know, this year, of course, they're they're emphasizing a little bit. I'm I'm sure special teams, 
and I'm sure that the you know the guys that are the new coaches will will definitely go along with you know with that and and how they break them up and how they do it is you know that's that's for them to decide how they want to you know I know you have a head guy for sure but um you know and and it's it's just how you how you're going to are you going to use your other coaches to be part of it or you can use one or two of them or you know to to help help along the way because one guy when you're going down and covering and stuff can't watch everybody so it sometimes takes you know if the graduate assistants are going to do that that that'd be great you know i mean if they could sink themselves into that you know during the week too a little bit but that's what you have to do you just have to switch it up now if you have an experienced group like I said, you can have pretty much a regular practice. I mean, you can, you know, put in the stuff you're going to put in that's new, go over that, and but you should have a schedule made out for all that stuff. And I'm sure that they didn't know who all of the people were going to be till, you know, recently, so it wasn't that easy. So they probably have to, they might have to go a little bit day-to-day on what the, what they're doing, but you have to have a list of what you're going to do and try to fit all that stuff in. Um, the one thing, too, is I think when you get into the secondary and you get around that, you know, you're talking about you're talking about speed. You're talking about guys that can pick stuff up quick. There may be a guy that you know is a, a great athlete, but he doesn't pick up stuff as quick as somebody behind him maybe, and you can't afford to have a guy making mistakes all the time, so you have to go with a guy that, you know, doesn't make those mistakes and then – fit the other guy in as the year goes on. Charlie McBride's with us here, Hale Varsity Radio, uh, an abbreviated version of Monday with Charlie. Coach uh, Scott Frost was able to be with uh, the number twos last week. We'll hear from Coach Frost uh, tomorrow, make that Wednesday. But how much time did, did Tom spend with you, and how did you help him on offense with your mind defensively and vice versa, his his offensive mind when it came to him giving you some input during the spring with the defense you were trying to, to get to the top level. Well, he would spend his time pretty much with the offense in the spring. You know, he, he really, uh, you know, were, they had they had stuff they had to put in, and of course he's he was he, in in reality he was the offensive coordinator. Uh, of the team, even though that we had a quarterback coach and we had some guys that could fit in, and and I know as Turner learned it more, he was more involved in the meetings and so forth than that than he was at the beginning. Uh, so, but Tom in the spring worked pretty much with the offense and and left uh, left left us alone. We the one thing that I did, I was able to coach. Um, the inside people. You can't, you cannot, and I'll say this a thousand times, you cannot coach inside and outside because you have to split your team and you've got guys standing around too much. You've got to concentrate on, if you're an outside coach, you've got to be there. I mean, you've got to work with them, you've got to show them the angles of the backs they're taking, and you've got, there's a thousand things that they have to teach them that you can't have your inside guys standing around watching. So you have to split that so they, they're going to have to find somebody for sure to work with the outside guys, especially now they're going to need a pass rusher. They're going to need some of those guys that can rush the passer, and they've got to have a guy to evaluate them as the spring goes on to see who your best you know, pass rushers are. Now you know you have some, but 
you know, you really want to have some depth there. And you want to have people that are maybe fit into blitzing more so than other people. So it's it's a process that you have to work on, and I think you know that's where that's where the defensive coordinator comes in. In other words, you can't be a walk around guy, I don't think, and especially in the spring. I mean, you just can't do that. Uh, you gotta you gotta use be you know I mean, Coach Fernandez going to have to you know I would think would coach a position or work primarily with a position. And, you know, to get the fundamental stuff taught right. Otherwise, if you're just teaching the inside guys, if they're going to a 3-4, you got three guys you got to work with there, and then you have two on the outside. And, and those guys have to drop. Sometimes they'll be on air. Sometimes they'll be rushing the passer. Sometimes they'll be playing the run. So there's a whole gamut of things they have to do, and you cannot have the inside guys standing around while you're working with the outside guys. One guy can't do it. Coach, going to go to the NFL Combine. Before we say goodbye, get your thoughts on JoJo Doman. He ran really pretty well. So did Cam Taylor-Britt. All the kids performed really well. Austin Allen and, of course, Cam Jurgens. But what do you project and what do you think of JoJo at the next level uh, when it comes to safety or linebacker? Well, I tell you what, that's that's the one thing the team that drafts him is going to have uh, guys zeroed in on that position, what he's going to do, and it's just what they need. And one thing that he has is he has the ability to pick things up fast. And he he's like I I mean I I had Mike Brown and I told those guys and said in three weeks he'll be telling your veterans what to do, and he did, and they called and told me <laughs> that I was right, you <laughs> know. But that, that's the kind of people that he is. He's a guy that a lot of people will realize that maybe he's a, a hundredth of a second too slow for what they really think is right, and some of these guys go by that. And I don't, I don't go by that too much. He might be a guy that has such good instincts that he makes up for all that stuff somebody else has. Uh, so he's going to be, he's gonna be uh, what I'd call a diamond in the rough. JoJo performed uh, really well. So did uh, Jurgen. So did Austin Allen. And, of course, Cam Taylor-Britt, a really good 40 time. And Cam's very physical. Uh, My wife is calling me. Coach McBride, do you want to talk to my wife? She's calling me uh, on the radio, (laughs) apparently. Uh, we'll just we'll just politely decline the phone call. We're uh, we're working, <laughs> is, is, is what I'm going to say. Coach, we'll uh, we'll talk next week. Thanks for okay. making time, and you sleep tight if you're headed to bed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll talk to you next week then. All okay. Right. Thanks, thanks for, for having me. Talk appreciate to you. Okay. Bye now. Appreciate Coach being flexible there. The abbreviated edition of Hale Varsity. On the road at Pinnacle Bank Arena, Chris Schmidt, the Hall of Fame coach, Jeff Smith, Elijah Herbal Bank at our ESPN Lincoln Studios. Uh, tomorrow night, coverage of the boys as Pius and Bell West get uh, rocking and rolling at 6 o'clock. The Pius girls looking for that three-peat. They are uh, warming up right now. Fremont just in front of us. Coach Pesoto over there on the bench and we have seen a, a mighty Markowski sighting. Andy Markowski's been wandering around. Yeah, I saw Alexis around too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They uh, 
Did uh, great work in the Big Ten tournament. We'll step away, take a quick timeout. Some final thoughts as we get you ready for tip again. KFOR will have coverage of Pius and Fremont. A timeout. Hale Varsity continues live at PBA. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Here at PBA, getting ready for Pius and um, the Bob Devaney Sports Center over on KFOR. I'll have Pius and Fremont. Chris Smith, the Hall of Fame coach, Jeff Smith. Thanks for spending time. The abbreviated ish, uh, edition of Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks to Tim Berda for stopping by. Many thanks to Coach Charlie McBride for squeezing us in a, a regular four to six tomorrow. Guys, the Calvin Ridley story is pretty brutal in today's day and age with what NFL players get, what, what guaranteed money first round NFL guys get. The NFL releasing a statement today announcing Ridley's suspension saying he gambled on games over a five-day stretch in November in 2021. He was on the non-football injury list for uh, to address his mental health. He stepped away from football at Halloween to get his personal life right. Uh, you look at Ridley, he said he bet $1,500 total and says, I don't have a gambling problem. He also tweeted that he couldn't even watch football at the time he made his bets. It was made in his name, and the mental health step away uh, is being reported on Atlanta's ESPN that he was really trying to duck from uh, Lone Shark CO'd. Alex Karras from Webster fame, if you're an 80s sitcom fan, uh, was one of, part of the fearsome foursome with the Rams. But uh, Kara suspended for a year. Paul Horning also suspended for uh, the 1963 season. Art Schleister, there's a blast from the past, 1983. Yep. Schleister, an incredible quarterback for Ohio State. Josh, Josh Shaw had to sit down in 2019. He had a letter written by Goodell to notify Ridley of his suspension. Uh, you have gambling partnerships now. With the NFL, you have gambling legalized in many, many states where there's a kiosk in a lot of neighborhood bars or chain watering holes. And I won't be surprised if uh, Jerry Jones or Robert Kraft have a gambling kiosk region put into their stadiums. And and, and there you go. The thought is, Coach Smith, you're... Uh, Guys make too much money to, to get, into, get into that much trouble to affect the integrity of the game. Yeah, and, and I guarantee you the NFL does an outstanding job in, in, in education on what you can and can't do. I know gambling has just become ingrained in our society. What they say, $7 billion gambled on the Super Bowl. I know it's ingrained, but... You know, it's kind of like the Pete Rose thing. You, you you can't bet on your own sport. And they I guarantee you they educate and pound that home with those guys. I don't think there's an excuse that you were naive to it or it wasn't a big deal or you know, you just you just know you can't you know you can't do that and I guarantee you the NFL pounds that into these guys that they can't do that. Well it's you go get an endorsement deal with a local casino or DraftKings or whatever 
if, if, I mean, bet on other things. It's, it's real simple. Right. Go to just, Vegas and bet on the, the NCAA tournament. And, or just you know, don't bet. You, you have insight. In, we had, in the 90s, we had the FBI come in and talk to our players on who's asking you. Don't, don't tell people about injuries. Don't tell people about how practice went during the year. You're giving them information. That's not legal to do. And, you know, that was in the 90s. I, there has to be a, just an unbelievable education of, you know, you can't bet on your own sport that you're involved in. It, and our friend of the show, Michael Franzese, former Colombo crime boss, he would pray him and Henry Hill from Goodfellas fame. They'd walk in. Here's 10G. They got involved with the Boston College point-shaving scandal in the, what was that, late 70s? Yeah. Late 70s with Dr. Tom. Not our Dr. Tom, but formerly Iowa's Dr. Tom, Tom Davis. Tom yeah. Davis. And it, it, it's a mess, and, and kids are educated on it. But you can get in the hole, and you'd walk in, and you'd put 10G on the table. You buy the player a couple of drinks, send over a lady, and... Get your inside info. Get and, your info, and yeah. by the way... And you've miss, got the player by the... Yes. You miss a free throw or two. Yes. And, uh, and there you have it, but... We'll see what happens with uh, with Ridley if if he can come back and get reinstated. If if that's a possibility, Coach Smith. Yeah, and you know it's we always have to relearn things in our society, and this will be a, a great learning experience for everybody. And you know this all this gambling stuff. We have a lot lot to work out yet in our state of Nebraska and nationally about you know what is and isn't isn't acceptable and how procedures go and this is just this one just not at this time in our society this one's not good we are going to step away and uh elijah will set the table over on uh with espn and jeff Motes over at the bontevati sports center with waverly and uh, their opening round matchup we'll be back here over on kfor in about five minutes as we get you ready for fremont and Pius trying for that three-peat. Jeff Smith, the Hall of Fame coach. Chris Schmidt uh, will be back tomorrow on uh, Hale Varsity Radio. Enjoy your evening. Enjoy the madness and fun that is. Coach, thanks for sitting in. You betcha. Appreciate you, Elijah. I'll see you over, over on KFOR. I appreciate uh, you, Elijah, and uh, we'll step away. Head it over to KFOR. We'll send it to Jeff Motes shortly on ESPN Lincoln.